Blog Talk Radio. Bustamante. The 415 is brought to you by the Wild Hunt. Please check out wildhunt.org. Give them all your support. And Desperate House, which is, which is me. But you already knew that. Uh, 415 is not a PG or G-rated show. There may be some language. There may be some content. We'll try not to stress you out. The opinions expressed on this show are only of my are only mine and my co-hosts. They are not a reflection on the wild hunt at all. All right, I don't know if everybody's as nervous as I am, but it has been the last few weeks have been insane. I'm terrified every time I turn on the news. I I'm assuming I'm not the only one. Um, I don't even know where to start. Do we start? With Tulsa, did we start with Texas? Where are we going first? Talk to me, Star. Well, um, I think it's a good reminder that uh, June is uh, Immigrant Ooh. Heritage Month. Um, yes. So that's probably a good place to start, uh, especially yes. in light of how, how many, um, you know, there's been a pretty marked increase in uh, crimes against immigrants, especially Asians. Uh, I I was just on the way home. I was listening to uh, NPR, and they were talking about uh, the number of how college admissions are way down due to um, both, you know, partly due to the pandemic, partly due to restrictions on uh, foreign students coming into the country, but also the the fact that the concern over um, you know harassment is is also kind of at an all time high with uh, Asian students coming uh, you know coming from outside of the U S. So um, you know I I think that we really need to be appreciative of um, you know America is a country that was uh, you know built by immigrants. Um, yeah. <laughs> many of them who didn't eat, who, who did not choose to immigrate here but were um you know ended up here yes. via the slave trade. Um but just a little history on uh Immigrant Heritage Month. Uh it was established in 2014. So this is the 8th annual uh, celebration of it. Um, the House yep. passed uh, Resolution 606, and the outlines of that are that it recognizes uh, Immigrant Heritage Month in honor of the accomplishments and role of immigrants, immigrants in shaping the history and culture of the United States. It pledges to celebrate immigrant contributions, 
two and immigrant immigrant heritage in each district and encourages the people of the United States to commemorate the history of immigrants in the United States and to always remember um, our immigrant immigrant roots um, because literally yes. unless you're unless you're Native American um, you came from elsewhere you did not originate in North you know in the USA um, absolutely so not. I think it's absolutely I, not. I think it's I think it's always always good to kind of remind people of that um, one of the things that uh, I will note for our listeners is that NPR has a, a series that they're running all month uh, called uh, Where We Come From, and it highlights mm-hmm. uh, various um, members uh, of the immigrant communities, uh, members of color from all over, and tells their stories. And it's a it's a it's a pretty good it's a pretty good series. Uh, so I would encourage our listeners to check it out because uh, there are some pretty extraordinary extraordinary stories there. You know, I need to, and and I'm sorry to interject here apropos of nothing, but I would (laughs) like to remind our Republican fundamentalist listeners, of which I know we have some, that Jesus was neither Christian nor white. Just a reminder, folks. Just a reminder. Do your research. Thank you so much. Um. In addition to discussing, you know, the violence against Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders, Islanders, you know, there seems to be such a disconnect between anti-Semitism and the need to suddenly stick Star of Davids on places that they don't belong. I mean, this is a truly interesting, interesting disconnect that I have found because not only are attacks against the AAPI folks increasing, Jews apparently are under attack more than they normally are from what I'm hearing. However, on the other side of that, I don't get this. People who are anti-vax are now starting to sport these Star of David that were put on Jews uh, in the concentration camps, so they could be easily identified, um, all across. So I'm like, uh, my brain is fried on this star. Can you can you right. explain any bit of that to me? Okay, so um, so here's the uh, the origin and part of that. Um, well, first of all, it, 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 it flies in the face of, you know, to compare the vaccines or masks or anything uh, associated with the pandemic that is connected to um, public health with anything having to do with the Holocaust is, um, I mean, there, there just is no comparison I mean, millions of not just Jews, but, uh, you know, anyone of any ethnicity other than being, you know, white or what um, Nazi Germany recognized as, you know, the 
you know, their pure race, which is also right. laughable in in that um, I don't. Most people have, you know, at least a little bit of um, something DNA else. going yeah. on back yeah. to you know, because there's like uh, matriarchal lines of uh, as far as ancestry goes. But so mm-hmm. this this is, you know, I think some of this started with like uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and and people, uh, you know, and it, in other parts of the country as well that you know, the vaccine was you know forcing forcing people to wear masks. First it was masks, now it's the vaccine. Um, so a, a store in Nashville that sell that sells hats, Nashville, Tennessee. Um, started selling uh, yellow patches and stickers that are um, very similar to the yellow star of David that the Nazis made all of the the Jews sew onto their, you know, that they had to wear all the time so they could be identified. Um, The patches Mm -hmm. that this hat store is selling is uh you know says not vaccinated on on them um it's just you know there's a level of disconnect there that i just just can't even begin to um i you know i mean yeah. doing things in the interest of public health is not in any way equatable with the kind of over racism, discrimination, prosecution, and murder of millions of people uh, at the hands of the Nazis. So, um, you know, and on the other hand, I just want to point out that uh, Taylor Green, you know, has posed for pictures with white supremacists uh, and not mm-hmm. alleged white supremacists, but people that that fully I, identify themselves as uh, white supremacists. So, I think there's there you know there's a little pot calling the kettle black happening there, um, but it's yeah it's pretty it's it's pretty jarring to to see that. I can only imagine how any survivors of of the camps and their children have to feel when they see these these stories, but there has been also a marked uptick in uh, anti-Semitism. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and I think that just a lot of that is being driven by the rhetoric that is being bandied about, and also, I mean, you know, <laughs> even. Uh, yeah, Homeland Security says that white supremacy is the uh, number one threat uh, when it comes to oh, acts yeah. of terrorism, terrorism and violence in our in our country. So, so this Absolutely. doesn't really come as a surprise. <laughs> no, the best way to take a country down is from the inside. Everyone knows that. You know, I mean, that's how you destroy a people. You destroy them from the inside. You infiltrate, and. Uh, these things, you know, these things make no sense on their face anyway. But now, and I'm sorry, and again, let me just reiterate that this is my personal opinion. So if you have hate mail, send it directly to me, Raina Star, 
pay attention. I don't mind. But this is probably the most stupid line of thinking I have heard in decades as far as, you know, the whole Jews will not replace us, but let's throw a star on there to prove we don't want to get vaccines. You feel persecuted? How dare you people? Come on. <laughs> well, you know. Like you ever had to question where your next meal was coming from, half of you, you anti-vaxxing fundamentalist. I'm not calling out my own people. My own people have their own situation. I'm talking about the the Republicans who listen to this show because they want to hear what we're going to say, and that's probably why they continue to listen, so they can hear what we're going to say, um, so they can run back <laughs> to their minions and say, those horrible witches, we must destroy it. I mean, come on. At least have a yeah. reason that I can look at and say, maybe I can try to figure out that you're you're looking to make sense in your own brain, but you're not even doing that. This is the most dissing at straws, throwing everything against the wall to see what sticks. It's unbelievable. There is nothing rooted in reason or reasonable thought. As far as I can tell. Now, there are people who, for different reasons, cannot get vaccinated. We understand that those people exist and are real and are not making it up. However, well, a lot of you who go around screaming about your freedom do not care about your freedom or anybody else's. You don't even know what you're talking about. Thanks. Rant over. <laughs> Well, and I, I think that it's important to note that, um, you know, some of a lot of this is really not anything new. Um, it's the same old rhetoric that is being that's being reframed in, in a way that that makes it seem novel, but it's really not. Um, and I think it's important to to remember that. Uh, you know, one of the things that the Trump presidency did was it really – well, okay, yes, it made Saturday Night Live great again. I mean, that, we always have to say that. But um, one of the things that it, that it really did was it, it, it brought a lot of the anti-Semitism – and racism out into the to the light of the day um you know at the at the top of the show i mentioned that um in talking about the uh, immigrant heritage month that a number of people ended up being immigrants not because they wanted to but because they were brought here as slaves um yeah the 30 the 31st of may uh, which was Monday and Memorial Day, uh, yeah. marked the 100-year year anniversary of the Tulsa Massacre or the Greenwood Massacre, um, also often referred to as Black Wall Street. Uh, yeah. It was a very independent and prosperous part of Tulsa that was all black um, because segregation was, was still in place. Um, mm-hmm. It had it had everything. It had it had you know black bankers, 
uh, scores of black businesses, black theaters, uh, you name it. it. It had pretty much everything that you would expect to see in a thriving community. And basically, they think that what started things really resulting in over at least 100 people being being murdered, maybe more, they really don't know because uh, in true fashion of what we like to do here in the United States, whenever we can, is we like to cover things up um, and just pretend that they never happened. Um, so... Uh, what what like started husband. it was and there have been a couple of really good there have been a couple of really good programs on this uh, CBS aired a one hour program on Monday night and also PBS aired uh, I think a two hour program on it uh, and it, and if you really start searching now you can actually find information um, <laughs> on on the massacre uh, allegedly. A, um, I think a black um, bellhop maybe bumped into a white elevator girl uh, and the uh, because he touched her she began screaming uh, and then of course that set off a chain of events that resulted in massive uh, efforts by white people to uh, first find him and arrest him. Uh, there were a lot of black veterans who were also involved who were trying to keep them from killing this uh, young man. He may have not even, I mean, I've heard him referred to as a young man, as a young boy. Uh, I don't think he was, he was really very old. Uh, you know, probably, you know, maybe late teens, but it it set off uh, like a ridiculous amount of of violence. The most ironic thing is that none of this was taught in the schools. Uh, I mean, I was not taught it. Uh, a lot of color from uh that even grew up in Tulsa were unaware that that this event had had happened um because i mean and and this wasn't just a bunch of guys with guns that went and shot a bunch of people they like literally dropped what like turpentine bombs on uh, across the whole of Greenwood and pretty much burnt the entire area to the ground. Uh, anywhere between 100 and 300 people were murdered. And they're still looking for the remains. Uh, this has been in the news uh, quite a lot the, over the course of the last year or so. Uh, the mayor, who ironically is a Republican, uh, seems pretty dedicated to getting getting the truth out about this and also locating the remains of those who were murdered in the massacre. Uh, so there's been a tremendous amount of effort uh, put forth in, you know, 
we're going to find where the, the bodies are buried and then attempt to identify those bodies and uh, notify families if they can, you know, if there, if there are surviving relatives anywhere, then they're looking to um, to connect those uh, those remains with, you know, with families so that they can be um, properly either interred or um, handled in, in in some way that it, that allows them, you know, that shows reflects respect. Uh, but the interesting thing is that uh, this was not an isolated inter- uh, an, an event. There were a number of, of these types of uh, citywide assaults that took place across America, uh, starting with uh, one that I wasn't even aware of, and that happened in Wilmington, North Carolina. Basically, uh, similar to what happened in Greenwood, uh, there was concern due to the fact that there were a number of uh, biracial and black citizens who were elected to uh, public office or were holding office in local government and people were afraid of what that that might mean for white people so naturally they did what white people often do and that is that they um, pretty much murdered uh, all of the black uh, officials uh, like I want to say they're not really sure how many people were were murdered. Uh, reports uh, vary from between 60 to 250 um, black citizens of the town were were murdered, and the whole point was to was to basically take over uh, to take the government away from the people of color uh, who had been. Uh, elected or appointed to public public office and uh, much like Greenwood it was a very thriving community um, and that at the time Wilmington was kind of the example of one of the more prog- you know one of the most progressive cities in the American South um, you know it's uh, for people that aren't familiar with the geography it is a um, it's a coastal city and also a port. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, it was it was an integrated port, um, and it was kind of being hailed of you know uh, of what what the South could be, um, you know, of what a, reuni- a united South could be after after the Civil War, um, mm-hmm. you know, and and in 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 eighteen ninety six. There were uh, like 126,000 black men were registered registered voters. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a that's a pretty large number. I mean, even in 1896, 
or especially in 1896, um, you know, and then, of course, this happened in 1898. But, um, you know, doctors, lawyers, teachers, uh, you know, restaurant owners, public health workers, you know, and then all of, you know, all of these elected uh, uh, black officials. And basically, mm-hmm. they just pretty much destroyed that and did what, whatever whatever it took to to reclaim power. Um, it's interesting to me how we see echoes of um, of these same mm-hmm. kinds of tactics. Um, you know, these days you can't really get away with it, um, not to the extent that they that, that they did back then. But I think it's important for our, our listeners to really understand that, you know. Greenwood, Wilmington, they were not isolated events. Right. Uh, the, the town of Rosewood in Florida is another example. That one is, is pretty well documented. Mm-hmm. Um, Chicago mm-hmm. also saw these similar types of, uh, of really brutal action taken against people of color. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the good news is you know, this is all coming to the surface. You know, this is all being actually out there where people can read about it and know about it and uh, do something about it, you know. I mean, we all have a role to play in how we move forward. Exactly. And my concern is the endangerment of representational government is always in peril and it feels to me like it's more in peril now than ever and while we have these these reference points and these these horrible things that have happened in the past i find that people today are not as concerned or as invested as they should be i think there's a lot of well, I'm just one person, what can I do? And there still seems to be a lot of that in spite of all these warnings and past experiences the nation has had. And I find it very scary that we seem to be on a road where, you know, one group of people who say they represent a large swath of society you know, you're finding that when polls are being taken, the people that they're representing don't even agree with part of their, you know, a large part of their platform anymore because these hostile factions are taking over the Republican Party. I mean, you know, I talk a lot about fundamentalism and Republicans, and of course not all Republicans are fundamentalists. But, of course, I'm going to talk about the loudest voices. We need to hear more from the rational Republicans. We need to hear more from, you know, listen, it's not a platform I agree with. A lot of what they stand for is abhorrent, whether they're Trumpian or not. But the fact of the matter is you can't reason with the radicalized right. And so much of it is radicalized. You know, I mean, um, we're very lucky. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, okay. So first, I, I just, I mean, I think that enough people are, are, are I mean, we, we will always, we want everyone to be involved in the political process. And if we want to yes. hold on to our democracy 
it means that everyone has to participate, um, you know, that everyone must vote, that everyone, uh, you know, and local, I cannot stress enough that local elections are perhaps the most important thing that, uh, you know, they affect everything, and that's how the people that you see yeah. as either rising stars or that are fixtures within the various parties that have served, uh, you know, in Congress and Senate or whether by appointment, whatever, that we're, the majority of those people, where they got their start was at the local level. So um, mm-hmm. if, if, if nothing else, voting to make sure that um, somebody that is um, – really unsuitable for for office does not get in, you know, I mean, even if you can't vote for somebody that you absolutely love or for the role, for the position or office, then vote against the person that you think is absolutely reprehensible. Um, The other thing is that both, uh, the thing that both uh, has brought us to this moment and will likely save us um, is the belligerence of the American people? Um, we do not <laughs> like to be we do not like to be told what to do. Uh, we, you know, um, and it doesn't matter how simple a thing it is or what have you. We do, we don't like to be told what to do. We like to be given a choice. Um, okay. So I think that that is one of the things that will will save us uh, and prevent the nutcases from, from really getting much more of a foothold. Um, I could be wrong, but I, I don't think I am. Um, you know, you're starting to see more um, Republicans uh, really calling out the nuttiness, uh, like the alleged audit that's going on in, in Arizona right now. Um, the mm-hmm. Philadelphia uh, city commissioner, uh, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, um, mm-hmm. told John Berman just this morning that um, that basically, this is a direct quote, he said that the that about Arizona's audit that it was directed by partisan political operatives to reach a partisan political conclusion, which is not an audit. And um, mm-hmm. he also said that um, we cannot continue to have people trying to indulge in uh, some paranoid fantasy that the election was stolen. So I think you're going to see more and and more Republicans that are still in positions where um, they're not in a, whether their seat's not threatened or their appointment or whatever, speaking out. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, as much as what Liz Cheney did, you know, um, I don't think that – Liz Cheney and I agree on almost nothing, uh, other than the fact mm-hmm. that yes, we should we should not we should not be given given airtime to uh, to these nutty nutty ideas, um, right? 
Uh, Agreed. Uh, so, uh, so even though it's it's scary, mm-hmm. you know the one the yeah, one thing that we can all is do scary. is it, the, one thing we can all do is we need to vote. We need to vote every every chance that we get. We need to vote in every election. We need to take our friends to the polls. Uh, we need to make sure that uh, when we share stories about stuff, that it is factual and not some cockamamie bullshit, <laughs> um, you know, or misinformation, disinformation. Check your sources before you hit that share button. Um, but we and we all have a role to play in this, uh, you know. No matter how small, it makes a difference. And plus, you know, hey, you're not the boss of me. <laughs> also is... true. You know, um, as long as we're at the halfway mark, I want to remind folks to please check out wildhunt.org. Give it all your support. It is the pagan paper of record. And we need all the real journalism we can get because I'm going to tell you, I know that in times past we had to worry about fake news, not because a certain ex-president used the term, but because we were getting a lot of influence from Russian bots. If you think Russia is going to let up, I have news. They are not going to, which is why a lot of the nonsense going on is continuing to go on because it's being bandied about by these fake news sources and a certain swath of the electorate is buying into it. Um, I'd also like to remind people, for those of us who did not enjoy the Trump administration, that Trump is now telling people that he's going to be reinstated in August as president. I don't know how he thinks this is going to happen, um, but apparently this is what he has been telling people alongside his blog going down, um, closing permanently, because apparently, the, I don't know, I, my understanding was that there was not enough interest. But here's the problem. You get a Trump, and then you get an offshoot that's even wackier. And as far as I can tell, those are the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the party and the crazy Matt Getz section wow. of the party. Yeah. Um, Please. On the on the Matt uh, Matt Gates front, um, now federal prosecutors are examining whether or not he obstructed justice during a phone call that he had with a witness in the sex crimes investigation. Um, so just my just my little caveat there. Um, you know, I I also want to point out that you know when we're talking about news. Uh, and reporting uh, a couple of things. First of all, over the course of the last uh, about week and a half, uh, the Justice Department has revealed that the Trump administration secretly got a hold of uh, reporters' uh, phone and email records, um, both at the Mm -hmm. Washington Post and CNN, and then just either yesterday or this morning, also um, New York Times, they got phone records from the uh, New York Times reporters. Uh, Mm -hmm. And the other part of this is that the media, news agencies and journalists around the world are really under siege 
there have mm-hmm. been more attacks on reporters, uh, yeah. both domestic and abroad. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. I mean, it, it's up like exponentially uh, so. And if you doubt me, you can look up the um, the Committee to Protect uh, Journalists who keeps a running total on how many incidents and of what variety there have been. Uh, and their website, for those of you who might be interested, is cpj.org. Um, and, and they track, uh, they're an independent nonprofit organization, and uh, they track uh, press freedom worldwide. So, um, but there have been some, uh, I mean, journalists are being detained all over the place. Um, Yeah. Not not just in in the place. Yeah, that you would normally expect, like Russia and, you know, North Korea and China, but, um, you know, other countries. other countries, you know, Nicaragua, um, mm-hmm. Romania, uh, you know, um, just on the 21st of, of May, uh, a Mexican reporter was attacked by some nut with a knife. Uh, he survived mm-hmm. the attack, um, but... Uh, Mexico is listed as one of the deadliest countries in the Western Hemisphere for journalists. Uh, so I think a lot of times we don't really we don't really um, think about you know what's going on in in Mexico, but I mean attacks are are in, just in the last uh, five or six years are up uh, pretty dramatically, and since 2000. And, uh, since about 2005, 2006, I mean, they have um, more than doubled. Uh, so, you know, when you get the news from places, know that, you know, unlike my, you know, cheerful little self who sits behind a desk the majority of the time and, and conducts business via phone and the Internet, a lot of these reporters are out on the streets uh, and they are putting themselves in in harm's way to bring you the news of what's happening in various countries, um, and especially this is especially true of foreign journalists. Whereas uh, reporters that originate in in the U.S. tend to not be abused as as badly, um, which doesn't mean that they still can't be arrested and 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 tormented. I think there are couples right now that are um, that are currently being held. In other countries, yeah. uh, you know, now, and perhaps. Saying... Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I the the most horrific thing that's happened in the in the last week was um, what Belarus did with um, yeah. the, that pulled that that plane down and um, did a fake check the, for uh, well and explosives, right? And the journalist that they took into custody um, slit his own throat, um, and it was 
captured on, pretty much on video when they uh, brought him into court because he was not going to make them force him to count what he had what he had said and and right. what he had reported on, and also to eliminate any threat against his own family. So imagine imagine what kind of place you would have to be in that you would willingly slit your own throat in a courtroom mm-hmm. that was captured on video to prevent being forced to say something that um, that you knew not to be true. Um, but that's, that's that's kind of where we are with <laughs> that's okay. That's like kind of the worst case scenario, but it's still it's still pretty bad uh, worldwide. Yeah, you know, I mean, and I'm not going to say that this is because of Trump because prosecution of the press or persecution, I should say, of the press is not a new thing. However, when you have the quote-unquote leader of the free world identify the press as the enemy of the people, it gives other countries license to go even more extreme in this persecution. So was Trump the original? Of course not. Of course not. This has been going on since there's been a press. However, I will dare say that it has gotten so much worse in the last well, six years. It has, but it also, um, I mean, I think we have to look at Trump more as a symptom rather than than a root cause when it when it comes to that because the the level of extremism and authoritarianism around the world has been has been growing uh, for the la- at least mm-hmm. the last decade. Um, so, sure, sure. As much as we would like to blame him for everything, we cannot blame him for everything. Okay. Um, I mean, well, we yeah. can, but. But it, yeah. Um, anyway, so I just, I just wanted to, I just wanted to to interject that because I do I do feel like um, a lot of times these stories don't get reported on. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the journalists from uh, that Belarus intended to prosecute uh, slitting his own own throat was 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 pretty pretty shocking. Mm-hmm. I had never quite seen anything. I, I had never quite seen anything uh, quite like that in 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 my lifetime. Sure. Yeah. Um, no, it's not a common occurrence. But man, you have to be made of iron, I would think, to just say, "I will die for the truth." That's just that blows me away. Well, and it's a shame uh, you have to die for reporting the truth. You know, that's just, there's got to be, you know, a certain amount of fear just for wanting to give people the, you know, the news of what's happening in the world. It's such a high price. And I think, you know, we really need to appreciate journalists. You know, I know some people have visions of journalism being fun and exciting, and I'm sure there are moments of that, but not when you are in danger every time you step out the door because you've said something that somebody doesn't like, whether it's domestic or foreign. It, it's 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 a dangerous job, and I think, you know, they deserve, including yourself, madame, um, 
you know, a world of credit for being willing to put yourself on the line to go and get the news and report the news. And even if, you know, you know that there are people out there who don't like what you have to say, but you say it anyway because it's true. And um, it's true. I'm, fear, I'm fearful that we're going to lose, we're going to lose a large sector of that, of uh, that reporting because I think people are going to become more afraid. I mean, I know there's a burning desire to get the truth out there and to report on what's actually happening in the world, but I'm fearful that people are backing away from these these things that, while they were always dangerous, they're just exponentially more now. But, you know, we're a little short on time. We're, we're down a bit. So I wanted to talk about and and you had brought this up. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. Do you want to go to Netanyahu first, or you want to go to Texas? Which one? Um, let's do Netanyahu real quick, and then and then we'll talk about Texas because there was also an interesting development in in New Mexico um, this week. Okay. Um, so um, so just as of this uh, of this morning, um, there have been some uh, and. This this has the potential to be huge if if it if it holds up. Right now, right. there is an alliance between um, liberal, moderate, and conservative uh, Israeli politicians, uh, and but also the Arab party. In Israel is also part of this alliance. This, uh, if they manage to pull this off, it will be the first time in history that there has been uh, agreement between all of these different uh, factions within Israeli politics, uh, and it will cause Netanyahu to be uh, to lose his position as prime minister. Now, the man who is going to take over. Um, for Netanyahu is is was at one point his uh, protege, um, mm-hmm. but he is willing uh, to work with um, these different factions, or so it seems. Now nothing's going to happen mm-hmm. with this uh, for probably another, um, you know, anywhere from ten. 10 days to two weeks, which, and already Netanyahu is putting considerable pressure on um, conservative members of, uh, of parliament uh, to not support this alliance. Uh, but if they, if mm-hmm. they manage to pull it off, I mean, it, it, it could, it could be, you know, a game changer. So I'm, I'm very, I'm very hopeful for that. Um, but we will have to wait and see if, if you know, if Netanyahu actually manages to uh, to to pull this off. Uh, just and, just and a really in, quick stay. over. Just a really quick, uh, just for folks who may not be aware that. Um, <laughs> Uh, the Jewish people and the Palestinian people are fighting over the same piece of land uh, in Israel and have been since ever. Um, and a lot of folks 
you know, depending on, on which side you're on, uh, folks want to either oust the Palestinians or they want to oust the Israelis. Um, there's a lot of talk about a two-state solution uh, and sharing this property. Um, and it, it gets discussed a lot, but it doesn't often have any traction. It seems like there is now, from what Star has described, a possibility that maybe there can be an agreement of some sort. So we're going to have to keep our well, eyes open on that. Well, we'll see. Well, I mean, and, and, and also deal. I want to point out that this, this does not include Gaza. Um, you know, right. about 20% of Israel um, population are, 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 you know, are Arabs, um, many of which mm-hmm. are Muslims. Um, so this does not extend to Gaza, but it certainly could be a first step in uh, possibly working towards some kind of, you know, uh, resolution to bring, uh, you know, the West Bank and, um, and Gaza mm-hmm. uh, into, the, uh, into the mix and, and maybe work some lasting peace there. Uh, we'll, 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 see what, we'll see what happens. Um, it's too. It's too we'll early to call one, one way. <laughs> well, yeah, we will get back to you in a month. I hope, and I hope we have good news to report on that front. Um, so, yeah. uh, in Texas, uh, yes. over the weekend, um, so the Texas uh, Democrat, Texas had a bill. I think it was um, either House bill or Senate bill seven that was uh, being um, uh, getting ready to be put to a vote and mm-hmm. uh, contained some very regressive, um, you know, voting, I'll put in air quotes, rights, um, <laughs> much like the bills that have been passed uh, other places like in Georgia and, um, you know, other states that have passed these really regressive bills. Um, apparently, uh, Democrats met with the Republican House Speaker, and uh, just to remind everyone in Texas, the Republicans have control of of the state uh, House and state Senate, and of course the governor's mansion. So uh, mm-hmm. it's a firmly uh, Republican-controlled state. However, in order to pass mm-hmm. this bill, they would have needed a two-thirds. Uh, uh, majority and mm-hmm. the uh, one of the problems that uh the democrats had with it was that and they tried to go all the proper channels there were things added at the last minute um and then um republicans refused to allow any discussion on the floor about those those last minute ads uh apparently mm-hmm. the democrats met with that with the um with the with the speaker and so mm-hmm. he was aware that they said, okay, you know, these are the things that need to happen or we're going to walk out. And yeah. um, so he knew that they were going to walk out. And the way Texas state law is written, uh, he could have ordered the doors locked. He could have ordered out, um, you know, law enforcement to go round up these uh, legislators and force them to come back for a vote. Um, and he is very yeah. conservative, but he did not do those things. Um, now, part of this is that, you know, 
uh, even a lot of the conservatives were unhappy with the language in the bill and some of the things that had been added to the bill. So, um, yeah. and they passed other important legislation prior to that. And the speaker determines the order in which these things are presented. So he knew right. that, that if they didn't get what they wanted, that they were going to walk out. But, but they did, in fact, um, it was very dramatic. Um, they all just got up and left. Uh, when it came uh, before it, it could be brought up to a vote and they would be forced to vote uh, on it. And so because they have to have two-thirds present, um, they, couldn't, they couldn't do it, and so it may have effectively killed, killed the bill. Um, we'll know more probably by the end of the week. Um, so so that's that was known for folks who don't know. Two-thirds is also known as a quorum. So if you hear the term, term quorum, you understand that that's what that means, just for folks who may yeah. not know. You are correct, ma'am. Um, they like so, to throw in fancy language, so I want folks to know what the fancy shit means. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, yeah, I, it I, just means to start. <laughs> I forget that's that. I forget that not everyone follows all this stuff as closely as I do and doesn't know those things. Um, so, but there is some really good news. Um, as I need good recall, news. Deb uh, Halen was appointed as interior uh, secretary to, uh, to the interior uh, by yes. the Biden administration. She's the first Native American um uh, Official to hold hold that office, maybe ever. Um, I think ever. Uh, but by doing so, that vacated her seat in uh, in Congress for New Mexico. So yeah. New Mexico had to had to hold a special election to determine who was going to be in that seat. And yes. so the good news, the good news yes. is that um, Melanie Stansberry won, and she was a Democrat. So Democrat, Democrats retain um, that House seat. So that is a that is a very good thing. Um, you know, um, one of the things that we really have not talked about is the redistricting and how, you know, Democrats are going to lose some seats, Republicans are picking up some seats. It's, um, um, it's, it's not a good thing. And maybe next month we can talk a little bit about um, what uh, the fallout from the redistricting is going to look like and how that's going to change uh, some of these, some of these political maps because, it will undoubtedly have uh, an impact on the on the uh, 2022 and 2024 elections. Yeah, of course. Otherwise known as large scale gerrymandering. Sorry, that's what it is. <laughs> that's what redistricting often winds up being. It just winds up being large scale gerrymandering. I know y'all have heard the term where sections are cut so that it favors certain political parties, usually Republicans. Sorry, that's just the truth. And we are looking at that again being done uh, for the 2022 election because Republicans will do everything they can to regain power. 
Period. Um, so we've just got to keep an eye no. on it. No. No. Um, they can try. They can try. They can to try. Power. Okay, they can try. Yes. Okay, so. Language is important. Words matter. It's, uh, she's right. Words matter. And, and involvement matters. And I, I, I hope that everyone heeds what Star said earlier about being involved, even and especially on the local level. I know you've heard the term, uh, all politics are local. It's actually very true. Um, so it is important that you stay engaged and you stay involved, even during midterms where people tend not to vote. It is important to stay involved. Yes, it is. Right? Yeah. There you go. Absolutely. So, you got. Yeah. So, do you have anything else, or are we getting ready to wrap this month? Well, um, the only other thing that that um, you know that that happened significant in the last month was that they voted against the um, the commission. Uh, to uh, the Democrats wanted a uh, 9/11 style commission to investigate the yeah. um, the events of January 6th, and of course Republicans mm-hmm. predictably, predictably uh, voted against that. Mm-hmm. And um, yep. so now we wait to see what what the Democrats do do next. But um, you know, I think that. Uh, I think that it makes the Republicans look really bad. Even a lot of Republicans have said that it makes the Republicans look really bad. Uh, it makes them look like they're covering things up or, um, you know, that they don't care about what happens to this country. So it'll be really yeah. interesting to see what what happens there. Well, you know, every time I hear Republicans say Benghazi, which was the mm-hmm. – the continuing saga of having Hillary Clinton testify before Congress, um, you know, this is kind of like the answer. It's like, don't I don't want to hear another person say, but Benghazi, because it, now my answer is January 6th. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's where I go with it. Um, it may not be appropriate. It may not be uh, classy. Um, there are times... Much to your surprise, dear listeners, that I am not classy. I know it's a shock. Anyway, just want to remind everybody to please check out wildhunt.org. Give it all of your support. Star and I are going to wrap for the month. We are just about out of here. Stay involved, and we will talk to you in July. Yeah. Have a good one, everyone. See you. See you next month. Right on.